Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Happiness is a warm puppy. And that's a quote by Charles Schultz, who is the cartoonist for Charlie Brown and Snoopy and all those fun things. And that came to mind when I thought about uh, my next guest. And before I introduce him, I want to just welcome you again to the Profitable Photographer and hope that you have a, a warm puppy or kitty cat or something to bring you happiness today. <laughs> so uh, tell you a little about Michael Puck. I found him through the podcast, The Hair of the Dog, and Nicole listed the 10 most popular guests and on her podcast. So I was like, I'm going to ask him if he wants to be on my show. And he said, yes. So Michael Puck, he started his photography business in 2016 as a nonprofit to help animals in need. Uh, he does have some fancy degrees as an economist, and he's a senior certified professional in the human resources area, HR. So, you know, he's got some knowledge that I'm sure has come into play with what he's up to now. In 2019, he merged his corporate business insights and background with his love for dogs and photography. And he started selling dog wall art to non-pet related businesses, which is so cool. Car dealerships, wealth advisors, chiropractors, insurance, and such. And then he just launched the Global Dog Art Gallery, which he'll tell you about a little bit later. It sells finished dog wall art to relationship-focused businesses because of the many research benefits of dog photography in human-to-human -human interaction. I just love that. He also created an affiliate program for his Global Dog Art Gallery so that any type of photographer can earn passive income by leveraging existing contacts to relationship-focused businesses. So that's a mouthful. And I can't wait to find out what the heck is all of this. And, you know, you've got so much to share. So welcome, Michael Puck. Thank you so much for being on the show today. See, thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to share this because I've not really shared this because since Nicole's um, podcast interview about a year ago, a lot has happened and I have not been on podcasts since. So there's a lot oh. of new information. Yeah. Yay. So I get it hot off the presses. Right. So um, can you share just a little, like one minute, what's your background? What got you here today? I know you could probably fill a whole show with an interesting <laughs> bunch of stories. Um, I, I found that the older you get, the more story you can tell. I'll, I'll, I'll put it in 50 seconds. How's that? All right. So I spent the first 30 years of my life in Germany. Um, I actually was an officer in the German Air Force during the Cold War. Mm. And I'm an economist by training. And growing up in Germany, obviously, I grew up with beer, soccer, and fast cars. Beer. Everyone that has been to Germany knows about these things. Yeah. But I've been in the U.S. now for 25 plus years. 
uh, Washington DC, Texas, California a little bit, but mostly Tennessee. Uh, I'm a recovering, and you mentioned that already, HR practitioner. I'm not practicing any longer, but I still have 18 years of that under my belt. And uh, I just really got into dog photography in 2016, and things have happened very fast since. So that's me in a nutshell. Okay, awesome. And your work is amazing. So after we have some business talk, I want you to be thinking up some hot tips for how to be a great photographer of pets because we can be profitable doing all kinds of things, but it is important to have good work. So um, it's not the only thing, but definitely it helps. <laughs> Areas you said is in your zone of genius is that you connect the dots between different disciplines. What does that mean? Yeah, that's a great question. Let me see if I can explain that. So as an economist, I look at the big picture. I love to be on the 50,000 foot level when I look at things. And when you do look at things from a high level perspective, you see how different pieces of information merge with other pieces of information. And once of a sudden, that creates a picture that you hadn't seen previously. And so I've made it really my, my trademark, if you want to call it this, to go and work for businesses and, and see what can be fixed. And then using pieces of information that I've learned somewhere else, I'm a voracious reader. Um, I listen to, to podcasts. I take on information at a very high speed. And I pick out little bits and pieces here and there, and then I connect them differently than they otherwise might have been connected. Hmm. So that's really at the base what that means. Do you know who Pee Wee Herman was? Yes. Well, I mean, uh -huh. Did you ever watch his show where he sings connect the dots, la, 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 la? <laughs> I've seen it once whereby I have to say, since I came to the U.S. in 97, everything that predates 97 um, I don't really have a good, strong reference to. And okay. I think that happened probably before 97 is my guess. All right. Well, he sings Connect the Dots. And now I've got that in my head, but I won't right. sing it right. today. <laughs> That's a good reference, actually. That's yeah. exactly what it is. <laughs> so do you have an example? Like, let's say in a photography studio. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll give you a very, very, um, I think, good suited example here because I started out as a dog photographer, really just helping out shelters and rescues to get their pubs more visibility. Um, shortly after that, uh, I've, I then was approached by dog owners to say, can you take pictures of my dogs? And I gladly took them up on it, raised a little bit of money in, in return. And then all of the money went towards helping animals, mostly with medical needs. But it was in 2019 when one of my customers who also owned a business. She is actually running the local airport. And she asked me to hang her pictures in the lobby and in her office and in the flight planning room. And in about three weeks after hanging the pictures, I got daily emails and text messages from her telling me that people started talking to her, approaching her, and, and just out of the blue, people that she'd never talked to before. And that triggered me to think, what is it these pictures do um, to people that are not the dog owners? Mm -hmm. And I did some research, and the research suggested that there was actually a lot of benefits individuals gain by looking at pictures of dogs, and it doesn't have to be your own dog. So this is where my photography came together with my 
business background. And I said, you know what? I'm dealing with businesses on a daily basis, or more specifically, with the issues and challenges that businesses have. And I figured there got to be an overlap between what dog photography can do and what these businesses need. And so that's one example of putting two really separate pieces of thought and idea and, and bringing them together and now thinking, can I leverage dog wall art in order to help businesses to solve some of their key problems, key mm -hmm. challenges? Yeah, well, babies are the same thing, but I think it would be harder to have pictures of babies in somebody's business if it's not their own. But, you know, number one, uh, number one and number two most popular images on the internet, Facebook, are yeah. dogs and kids, and especially babies. So yeah, it makes us smile. I um, interviewed Ronan Ryle. He's in Ireland. He has a company called 3XM. And he said, we're saving the world one photograph at a time because when people see something that makes us smile mm -hmm. like a nice portrait of a dog or somebody we love we get endorphins and that makes us happier and that makes us better human beings and i never connected that dot yeah uh, you know i'm all always thinking about you know if it's your own somebody that you love human or fur babies it makes you smile and it makes you feel more love towards them. Um, but absolutely, I'm connecting the dots between my conversation with Ronan and you about how that, that it doesn't have to be someone that you love to get a good feeling. I mean, that's why we have art, right? That's why you go to museums. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, I have, I have some art that I've seen on trips to Europe that have impacted me forever that yeah. I can think about the painting Guernica by Picasso and get tears in my eyes I can think about a Bernini sculpture and and the way that it it looks like real flesh and real velvet and I don't know so yeah dogs probably I love that that you figured that out um, can you think of another connect the dots in someone's photography business that is um not in you know something you haven't personally experienced but you've you know an example maybe that you haven't done but like a just suppose or maybe i'll throw this out so i've always been great with kids and i've always loved weddings so mm -hmm. at some point i connected the dots that specializing in one of those was probably a great direction to go yeah so is that kind of connecting the dots or is there a deeper level i think connecting the dot that is certainly also connecting the dots whereby i think i'm looking at it more having two completely unrelated pieces of information and then putting them together so something that you otherwise naturally wouldn't think about looking at it in one piece um but yeah no it's it's also connecting the dots it's maybe more extreme connecting the dots right <laughs> so like my together, where people say man how did you come up with that i would have never thought of this <laughs> right right whereas my my example is kind of obvious 
but but it's you're not. looking for those other well i mean if you like photograph if you like kids it's kind of obvious that photographing kids is could potentially be a good idea but yeah, yeah. some other uh in a business you know i'm just trying to put some meat on the bone of that well, I can I can give you many I can give you a work example because I did the same about twenty years ago when I initially moved to Tennessee and I recognized um, as the newly appointed HR director I, I recognized that the Tennessean population wasn't all that healthy because we're actually located in the center of the gravy belt. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, so um, I was proposing to to my then senior leadership team to say we need to do something about health and well being, and I created uh, a wellness program. It was actually more than a wellness program. Um, I was initially when I proposed this initially, it was so far fetched for the rest of the team. They laughed me out of the boardroom. They said, "This is just crazy stuff. You can't do something like this." And so that program, meaning I persisted, I just pushed on and said, this is, this is the right approach to take. We can save money. We can save lives doing this. And so in the end, after seven years, that particular small business of 500 employees had saved $7 million in the process uh, implementing this program, which then was adopted by the parent company ah. and saved in one year. 42 million dollars so it's just sometimes huh. you have to pull pieces together right. that doesn't make sense for others uh-huh. and, and then just keep at it and explaining why it makes sense mm-hmm. so lucy if you don't mind let me give you a couple of examples of what i found was the research that i think will put the meat on the bone that you're looking for okay. um so research for example stated that um if you have um, print media advertisement or a TV um, advertisement that includes a dog is 56% more effective in selling than not having a dog. Wow. It also suggested that dogs and advertisement are more effective than celebrities. Oh. I mean, you get data points like this and you start thinking, wow. There got to be something to that. And then you, mm-hmm. you think about how many advertisements include dogs. And the count is one third of all advertisements have dogs included. Huh. I can tell you one thing. Uh, companies that put advertisements out know exactly what's working and what's not working. Sure. Because they measure everything. Mm-hmm. And if they don't see the viewer responses that they're looking for, they're not going to use something again. Can you think of the last Super Bowl or any of the the past Super Bowls, the advertisements? How many of those included dogs? Well, I don't know, but I do remember some really funny dog ones and frog ones and other other animals. So, yes. And that's what the big advertisement companies leverage because they know how we respond to that. Got it. And so that's just one. I'll give you one other that I think is the most amazing one, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, across the 46 presidents of the United States, um, we had 200, over 230 dogs in the Oval Office. And the reason for that is that appearing together with a dog makes us more likable. Mm-hmm. These are hardwired reactions in us human beings yeah because we've spent forty thousand years alongside with dogs Mm. 
And, and so this is something that we don't even control. We see a person with a dog, we find the person more likable, more approachable. And yeah, that's where, that's where social connections start. And that's where people like people better if they have a dog around. Yeah. Or to put it very specifically, if you put a picture of a dog behind you in your office and you're an accountant, people like you better because you have that picture hanging. Interesting. Behind. So then... <laughs> So then what is the business opportunity for my listeners that are hearing this? Right, right. So first of all, and I should have said this early on, you don't have to be a dog photographer to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. When I realized, and, and it was the, the first pandemic year, 2020, when I went out um, and, and basically approached only businesses and I shared with them some of what I just shared with you in, in very casual conversations uh, initially. For example, I asked my financial planner, I was out looking for a new financial planner. And in my first conversation with her over the phone, I asked her kind of midstream in the conversation, hey, Emily, how do you feel about dogs? <laughs> and, and, and she paused for a minute because she wasn't know where I was going with this because we hadn't talked about photography or dogs up to that point at all. And she says, oh, I love dogs. I have two at home. And so from, from that point forward, um, we had a couple more meetings because I was in the process of selecting a financial planner and really deepened the conversation. The next conversation I asked her, what's most important to you as a financial planner when you have these type of conversations that you have with me right now? And, and I was looking for a transparent answer. And she says, Michael, to be honest, trust. If I cannot build a trusting relationship with my clients or soon to be clients, it's not going to happen. And I said, that is absolutely, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And then I entered, uh, then I added to the conversation, do you know that pictures of dogs foster a trusting environment? Mm-hmm. And she says, man, I never thought about this, but yeah, I can definitely see that. So she was a dog lover, dog owner, mm-hmm. dog lover. And so um, I asked her, you know what? Or I guess I made a statement versus ask her, I said, wouldn't it be cool if you could hang some pictures of your dogs in the office here? And that just sparked an idea in her where she says, oh yeah, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. And the next sentence out of her mouth was, and you know what? I have 10 colleagues in the office and nine out of the 10 have dogs. <laughs> wow. So I think you, uh, what is it? You have a lucky star or something, or you look for those opportunities and then it's such a great idea that it, it uh, unfolds into more. But I didn't answer your question, Lucy. So <laughs> for photographers in general, what I have done since after um, selling $40,000 worth of dog wallet to only five businesses, I decided I wanted to remove myself as the bottleneck in the process because I could only reach so many businesses and could only take so many pictures. But I saw this to be a huge opportunity because business businesses had, have a need. Different businesses have different needs. Uh, and, and it is important to identify what their specific needs are, but dog photos also offer a lot of benefits and can be matched up with the needs of businesses. So I spent last year really from ground up developing an online gallery, the Global Dog Art Gallery, 
And that is accessible to everyone. You don't even have to be a photographer, but you probably should be a dog lover if you have existing contacts to businesses. Um, I produced a couple of pieces of collateral, like an uh, infographic and a one-minute video that everyone could leverage, send to existing contacts and say, isn't this a cool idea? And then just let it sit and see what happens. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and so the Global Dog Art Gallery um, will have... What's it called? The Global Dog Art Gallery. Global Dog Art Gallery. Yeah. And, and the web address is actually globaldogart.com. Um, and so this is art, not mine, because while I appreciate you saying my work is good, it's not really that good. I would call myself more an average photographer. And so I have partnered with currently 20 really, really talented dog photographers worldwide. And they have, wanting to support this effort, they have donated some of their work, which is now displayed in the Global Dog Art Gallery. And so everyone who becomes an affiliate, which by the way, um, is, is something really truly anyone can do that has existing connections to businesses, um, can really take advantage of that and earn a commission by helping businesses to address some of their you know, challenges and pain points that they have. Um, and we'll, um, at the end, there'll be connections. See that again. So you can look in the show notes and you'll see his links to that. Um, so what I'm asking in terms of getting people thinking is in their own world, how could they use that wisdom about how dog photographs uh, have such a positive impact, you know, how could, how could that help them uh, in addition to, you know, I know you're inviting people to consider being part of your gallery, but in, I'm also looking for those doable ideas and, it, you know, to, to uh, help people have more impact in the world, help businesses right. and so forth. Right. That have some thoughts on that. Yeah, and, and I think it's really, really simple. It's it's low-key, it's low effort. Um, and, and maybe if if I may, Lucy, I ask you a couple of questions and see how this could how you could apply this, and maybe others can relate to that as well. Um, before I go there, so I wanted to mention, uh, and I think you referenced it early, my uh, photography business is a nonprofit, and the global dog art gallery is part of that nonprofit. That means everything that's being generated that's not going either to the affiliate or to the contributing artist will be used in order to really uh, advance our cause of saving mm -hmm. 1 million dogs by 2030. Um, and it's an absolute passion of mine yeah. um, that, that, you know, I put hours, I probably work two jobs a week in order ah, to, I hear to that. move that forward. I but hear let me that. ask let me ask you, um, do you have an accountant that you work with? Let me just take one particular um, profession. Sure. Good. So you have an existing relationship to an accountant. Um, you could take, you know, the infograph that I mentioned earlier, or just, you know, a reference to, oh, by the way, I just interviewed Michael on the podcast. He does something crazy. 
he is putting dog wallet in businesses and he's explaining the following benefits. That's all you would have to say. And if you talk to, if your accountant happens to be a dog lover, their ears will stick out right away. They will hear that <laughs> and, and then ask you a couple of questions. The ears will stick up, their tails will wag. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. And, and 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 the general so accountants you could meaning I have some of my my work is hanging in car dealerships, it's really every business that is heavily reliant on one to one relationships with their customers clients okay. patients, and so WalMarts wouldn't work Kmart's wouldn't work but no. if you <laughs> personal if you services this, individual yeah. businesses yeah hairdressers. Yeah. So you could, as you did, you could offer to photograph their own dogs with the purpose of putting it in in their homes, on their websites, on their business card, or I'm guessing someone that loves photographing dogs could get models and offer uh, to their own, you know, accountant or um yeah, trying to yeah, get into another business and say, I have a collection of images. Uh, you know, if if they're like, well, I don't have a pet. Well, I have some great art, you know, which great is relative because we anything that's better than they can do is great art, right? Right, right. So it, am I on track there that someone could create? So for example, one of... Um, one of my podcasts was with John, oh, forgetting his last name. Um, he does light painting. And okay. he does the most incredible things with cars and motorcycles and now people's boats and people's airplanes where he'll sandwich, you know, he it's like a brush and he lights mm -hmm. and then he, and he takes like 30, 40 photographs. And so at some point, somebody saw that and said, I would like that for my office. And yes. it created this whole, he was doing it for fun, for art. He was teaching it. You know, you can listen to the, the podcast, John Hartman. And so he found, he connected the dots and saw that because most of portrait clients are are women but he found that men wanted their air quotes babies their cars their motorcycles their boats their even <laughs> he has one photograph that has uh, i would title it everything lucy doesn't like <laughs> it has guns it has whiskey uh it has I don't know. He did a still life of somebody's favorite things. And it was someone that is the opposite of me in terms of his personal lifestyle and taste. And he sells it for big, 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 big money. Mm -hmm. So is that what we're talking about? Of connecting the dots of like, oh, here's something I'm doing. Here's an opportunity I didn't even think of. Yeah. Yeah, and, absolutely. And these are hanging in people's businesses and on their Christmas cards and in their homes and uh, no, you you absolutely you absolutely on target there, Lucy. Whereby that is probably something where there is a personal preference, but if somebody else who also has um, a hobby that relates to the picture, 
maybe a particular um, car or, or guns, as you mentioned, um, that could spark a conversation as well. But it's a smaller group of individuals that would connect through that. Right, right. I'm just saying that yeah. there, that I know somebody that had a spark of an idea mm -hmm. and realized that that there was a niche for that that is not the normal buyer because you just wouldn't think of oh i'm going to sell a dog portrait to my accountant or or the i have a um a client that is a lawyer and we do family portraits every single year for mm -hmm. the last 12 years and he likes books but having dog photographs in his office and on his website he doesn't have a dog but i can see uh, I can see how that it, could it does need make to be feel warmer. It does need to be authentic, meaning I would not right. recommend somebody who doesn't like dogs to go with the extreme case here to put no. a picture of the dog in the office for the purpose of sparking a conversation because. But if you, you like would, dogs and you just don't happen to have one. That's a different story. Yes, yeah. you definitely can do that. God, and by God. the way, I, I, I'm not suggesting that every photographer, regardless of genre, becomes a dog photographer. Um, that's certainly meaning if dogs are something that you're interested in and you see who that how that could work, by all means, go and take pictures of dogs. But I was more thinking every person that has business contacts and, and obviously photographers running their own business have a lot of contacts. If you want to leverage the art that already exists in the Global Dog Art Gallery, you don't have to create it from scratch, can still earn a commission with probably very, very little effort. Sure. Because the only thing you need to do is to spark that idea in somebody else's mind, explain maybe one or two of the benefits of dog wall art, and then you can leave the scene of crime and, and let, it, let them do it. Sure. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yes, I'm just trying to also have people that would like to take these ideas and run with it yeah. with their own work in their own communities, uh, you know, to be thinking outside the box slash connecting the dots. So go ahead. I think the interesting aspect is if you generalize this a little further, um, today's businesses have a number of very specific needs. And, and I'll give you one example. It's nothing to do with dog photography, but it can be addressed probably with other means as well. Research has suggested that 75% of Americans are lonely. Now, we're talking to each other, but we're not connecting. And because of that, individuals, people, as well as businesses, struggle with building meaningful relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's costing them revenue. And, and customer churn. Mm -hmm. So if you can take even just this piece of information that, that there is a difficulty connecting with individuals and find a medium that helps them to overcome that obstacle, uh, and that could be many different things, mm -hmm. mine is dog wall art, but it could be something different, then you have something you can take into the business community and offer that as a solution. Mm -hmm. So the important part is to first understand what is it that businesses struggle with, because mm -hmm. there's no solution that's not addressing a need first. Right, right. So it's not because I don't want dog pictures to be the pretty pictures hanging on the wall. I want them to be a business investment right. that the purchaser understands the benefits for 
and they're buying it because of the benefit, not because they absolutely love the picture. That's a really great point. So I'm going to say it the way I heard it. Tell me. Yeah. Um, so what I hear you saying is first identify the need. Absolutely. And then look for the solution. And in many cases, you know, this is a solution that you've come up with as photographs of dogs mm -hmm. in an environment creates a feeling of a positive feeling and maybe even a conversation starter or yeah. just that, that connection. So it's not, not, uh, so not thinking of it as, oh, where can I go sell these photographs? But, oh, what is a need and how can I serve that need? Am I? That track? is critically important. If, if individuals approaching businesses don't understand the businesses, and by that I mean understanding what businesses are struggling with, then it's really, really hard to sell that business anything. Yeah. But the moment the business hears that you speak their language, I'll give you in a minute Ooh. another example that's also not dog wall art related. Um, another big issue that companies are facing across the board, especially with the last couple of years happening, is employee engagement. 85%, um, and this is actually a number coming from before the pandemic, 85% of employees are not actively engaged. Mm. I mean, they show up at work, they do what needs to be done to not get fired, <laughs> but they don't really, meaning they don't act as if they truly want to support the business or go the extra mile or, you know, apply discretionary effort. Now, if a portrait photographer could approach a business to say, do you think your employees would enjoy having pictures of their families hang in their workplace? Would that help them to feel more closely aligned with the business, mm. especially if the business would pay for it or would, you know, make it available at a substantial discount? I would say that definitely would have a positive impact. Mm -hmm. And so you can take portrait um, as, a, as a genre and, and package that up with employee engagement and, and uh, the warm and cozy environment that you want to create at, at work and, and present that as a solution to a problem that businesses are facing. I love it. I love it. Even I think having photographs of the team in a way where mm -hmm. they like um, there was a, I think it was the ASMP. Do you know what ASMP the organization is? It's and not at the top of my head. So American Society of Photographers, and you can join if you've received a, a degree from the Professional Photographers of America. And they were at uh, the National Convention, and they took a beautiful portrait. Somebody, well, I'm trying to explain it quickly. So instead of like, let's all stand together and smile, they were all dressed for their formal party and somebody took the time and posed them beautifully mm -hmm. as, as a fine art portrait and lighting. And if I were a part of that team, I would feel extra proud to be on the board of ASMP from the photograph because yeah. that photograph 
looks like that is a group of people you would want to know and you would want to be a part of. So I'm thinking even a, a or like a fun, you know, you've got, I'm an idea person, mm-hmm. uh, Michael. <laughs> so now you've hit play. I'm thinking <laughs> having a, a special photo day. I don't like the word photo, but uh, for these purposes, it'll work with the employees where they have a fun event and, and that's sort of the lifestyle images where yeah. people are having fun with each other and then having those in the office where people can see each other as a part of mm-hmm. and see yeah. each other's personalities. Uh, I could see that too being a, yeah, a fun absolutely. opportunity. Again, you start with the business need and then you develop the solution from there. Yeah, because my it, first worry is uh, people, so my average client invests two to $10,000 on up. And so would the employees of a lot of companies be able to invest that much on their salary? So I was looking for like, what would be, how do you flip that anyway? Yeah. So coming up with a need and then brainstorming ideas. I love it. I I can give you an example of how this can be financially made viable for employees because I did that. So the financial planner, going back to to that particular customer, they in the end decided they wanted to have pictures of eight of the employees' dogs taken. So I did eight photo sessions capturing uh, the dogs of the employees. Um, these pictures then ended up in the newly opened financial planning office. And I can tell you, these employees were so excited. Every time a new client walked in, they had to immediately walk them to their picture with their dog and explain, oh, this is this is Charlie. And, and I was taken in such and such location. Yeah. Oh, by the way, they had asked me to not only capture the dog, you not just do a portrait of the dog. They also wanted to have... Um, a reflection of the local beauty in, in landscape and, and unique pieces of art and, and whatever. They just wanted something that was reflective of, of the local area. Mm-hmm. So it, it had, let's me there might have been a large um, body of water and then the, the dog was sitting on top mm-hmm. of a rock and you could see the coastline. And uh, so it, it, meaning it turned out quite nice, but the excitement in the eyes of the employees when clients came in and they took them to the conference rooms or the operations rooms or the lobby where the picture ended up hanging, that was just priceless. But in order to make it viable for employees to buy, I said, the company is paying for the sessions and the company is paying for the wallet that's going into the business. You've already got got your money. I got my money, right. I got my money. And then I said, everything that you want for yourself, I give you a 50% discount on. Mm. And so I had, I think, two thirds five is two thirds. <laughs> I had five individuals out of the eight that uh-huh. bought uh, for themselves um, art for their homes. It's and actually so that five eights, if we're going fractions, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> five out of eight, it's five eights, but uh, or or 10 sixteenths, sixteen tenths. <laughs> Higher it's not, I tell you, it's not a good sign when an economist can't do math. I love it. I hope that people's uh, brains are exploding in a good way, uh, thinking <laughs> of other ways that, that they can, because um, I think that 
the business world is an untapped market oh, yeah. in a lot of ways. And you've just shed a great big spotlight on, on uh, and, a and, new twist. And Lucy, it can be any size business as long as they're relationship focused, meaning as long as they're people right. focused. Right. In total, we have something like 17 million businesses in the United States. That includes everything. And, and I think it's just a tremendous opportunity in order to, to come up with what is it I currently do that can solve some of the business right. problems that are out there. And it doesn't have to be dogs. I'm just an absolute fanatic when it comes to dogs. Yeah. That's why yeah. it's dogs for me. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't um, have a dog, but all the neighborhood dogs, I'm their favorite neighbor. <laughs> I, I have, I live on a corner in a hundred year old uh, craftsman home with a nice porch. And when I sit out there and dogs walk by, I always have to like, oh, who's your baby? And yeah. I have sev several that are like, that's Lucy. And then they just run up and get their <laughs> pets. And uh, I have one that has an anxiety disorder, a neighbor. And I'm like the one neighbor that instead of just freaking out, barking, he comes running up to me. And then it, yesterday he ran, then he saw a child and a mom and he ran towards them barking. And then he ran back towards me like, calm me down, calm me down, calm me down. So feel good that I've got that kids, kids and dogs like right. me. I just haven't taken that responsibility I'm more of a cat person because I like how they curl up on you and on your shoulder and, you know, keep themselves did, clean. And if they decide to do so, meaning that's well, always the thing with cats, right? My cat, my cats do, you know, they, yeah. they poop in one place. <laughs> you don't have to walk them. But then again, you don't get the best benefit of getting outside and walking and meeting your neighbors. Right. So anyway, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm a fan of dogs. I've just never had one personally in my life but you know could happen who knows so um we're almost out of time but i i do love your photographs do you have three or four tips or some suggestions for people who are wanting to be better pet photographers a more sellable you know fine art something what do you, what do you got yeah, so th the first I would offer is, is not really a technical skill, because I don't think you need to start with the technical skill, meaning right. there are certain things you need to do to get good pictures of dogs. But I think more importantly is you need to connect with the animal first. Mm -hmm. And and I was lucky in a way that I grew up with the dog that I bonded with so deeply that I learned to connect with animals, actually, yeah, with animals in general because I can be still enough to, to experience them. And so mm -hmm. they can experience me. If you go into a photo session with big camera, flashlights, off-camera strobes, <laughs> whatever not, um, that's all viable for some dogs. But in the end, it's not the equipment. It's, I think, the connection that you first need to create with the dog mm -hmm. and then give the dog the space to be a dog. Um, and, and for the most part, it's more difficult actually to deal with the dog owner than with the dog itself, because mm -hmm. the dog owners are, are so, so frantic and so concerned about that their dog is not behaving or not doing what I want the dog to do. And I frequently say, just let him be. 
Just let it be. I can take pictures, meaning don't worry about me. I'll get the pictures. Mm -hmm. Just let him be because if you get him not, or if he doesn't come down or if she doesn't come down because of the owner, it makes it so much harder. But the photographer can also be the problem. Meaning if you Mm -hmm. go into it and say, I need to get super shots and I have 10 minutes, uh, not a great, not a great setup. Right. It's, It's really connecting with the animal first. A funny thing, <laughs> when I meet um, customers for a photo session, I greet the dog first. Mm-hmm. I don't even say hello. I might not even look at the individual. <laughs> um, I immediately go down on my knees. Um, depending on, on how the dog responds, I might be on my knees, kind of sideways, not directly looking at the dog to see what the dog is going and doing. Many of them you know, come just running at me and want to play and want to be cuddled. Mm-hmm. Um, others are a little more shy, but in the end, it's me and the dog. And once I have established that rapport, then I say hello to the dog owner. <laughs> so, if, Michael, what is uh, funny, not surprising about what you're saying is I'm a, you don't know, but I've been a children's portrait specialist. I'm, my superpower is photographing yeah, kids. Yeah. Kids are my thing. I'm every yeah. kid's Aunt Lucy. Uh, and so everything you're saying about what you do with dogs, uh, and the same with kids. My eye, it's like, it's like if there's a room full of adults and then a child comes in, it's like, it's like this Hollywood spotlight. <laughs> and, and this sound ah, happens for me. And I go right to the child. So same thing when I've got a client, uh, the first person I greet and yeah. connect with is the child. And I have that same issue when you said the hardest thing is the people, not the pets. Mm-hmm. You know, same yeah. thing. I worked at a children's store for two years when I was, I think I was still in college or right after. And um, people would be like, don't you get sick of the kids? I'm like, never. It's the parents. And, you know, and I know it's hard to be a parent. So, uh, but yeah, kids are, kids are my thing and dogs are your heart. And so I love the parallels. I've found that a lot in conversation with pet photographers is how similar uh, some of the tips are for that. Yeah. And that is meaning that is indeed, yeah, that's indeed the most important aspect. Connect with the dogs, take your time. And then you take pictures as good as you or the quality of your equipment can and the knowledge that you have about shooting with the light versus against the light and, and all this other yeah. good stuff. But that's really more technical. So basically learn to be a decent photographer and then to be a good dog photographer, connect with the dogs. Yeah, not, not every, meaning if you're a good or decent photographer, not every decent or good photographer is a good pet photographer. Right. You have to have that connection. If you don't have that patience, I remember in the early days of my photography, what I heard more frequently than anything else from my customers was, you just have amazing patience. Yeah. I said, not really, because it doesn't take any patience for me. I enjoy the entire process. Exactly. I hear the same thing every session with kids. So yeah, right. very, you know, that I so love being around them and photographing them and just seeing them through my lens and um, that, yeah, it doesn't take patience. And I'm guessing like I have, I have an intuitive 
connection. So I know what's going on with kids. I can see what they're feeling. And yeah. I'm guessing you have that with, you know, with your subjects as well. I, so. I do. I, I learned that in early childhood. I had mental health issues. I had an accident. I withdrew from, from social contacts with other human beings, including my parents. It was only the dog that I connected with. And the mm. dog and also reconnected me back to people which is the reason why I have such an appreciation for what dogs are capable of doing. And, and not only the, the, the dog itself, but the picture of the dog can do much of that as well. Right, right. Even I'm thinking about when you were saying, well, you know, companies, certain companies may not be appropriate for art of dogs, you know, photographic art. And I thought even a factory, if you're walking into the factory, but, the first thing you see are these pictures that give you a good feeling before you go in to hammer this thing into that, <laughs> tape that thing up. And when you're on your break and in the lunchroom. Oh, yeah. You know, the no, Lucy, you're making a really good point. And I, and I didn't mean to confuse that earlier. Um, in the customer client relationship, it doesn't work for all businesses. In the company employee relationship, it works for all companies. Yes, yes. Because that is a meaning that's a completely different ball of wax altogether. But if a company, I think the easier way to sell it is for the client and customer relationships, because that's easier to understand. Mm -hmm. But if companies are really into it, like my financial planner, they immediately saw the dual aspect of this will be great for working with our clients, but it also gives a lot of positive feedback to our employees. Mm -hmm. So they, they basically double dipped in the process. Um, not every company wants that has time for it or has the sure. patience for it, but um, I think that's definitely definitely a good point. These type of images work with employees and and make them feel more. Um, I would call it to be more more human mm -hmm. to humanize the work environment. Yes, because that's what's missing in so many work environments these days. Right. That it doesn't have to be stark and cold and boring right. and yeah. Uh, so such good stuff i'm so glad i sought you out via nicole's top 10 list and to have this conversation this is well i'm just excited to know i'm on that top 10 list i didn't even know that yeah she sent out this email and said these are the ones that i got the most um you know the most listens and you were on that list and, and lucy i can give you one other tip for your okay. for your listeners that i think is very helpful in understanding how businesses operate there is a growing desire and need for companies to have something that's called csr it's corporate social responsibility so it's basically for companies to assume a role that is helping the community at large to to be a good corporate citizen to do something that is above and beyond making a profit. And CSR is the abbreviation that companies use for that. There's also something called ESG, but um, if you do something that helps the company to stand out as being a good corporate citizen, that is also very, very powerful because companies are looking for these type of opportunities. Mm. So an example, if you are a portrait photographer, and let's say you approach a business to say, I do this really cool thing that your employees will love. 
You could also say, and I will donate 20% of whatever we agree upon to a charity of your choice or... Uh Meaning you can take different approaches there. But if you bake that piece in, they have yet another reason to work with you. Ah, and for them, um, then they they can uh, leverage the donation, the fact that they're supporting nonprofits. Uh, it, yes. You know, that that because it always goes a long way when when a company says like 10% of your purchase goes towards this. So I'm guessing there would be a way for them to be, you know, just sharing the fact that they've been Mm -hmm. donated such and such to this, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Just, just to listen that when, if they communicate to the employees to say, Oh, and by the way, 20% of the proceeds will go to the following charity. Right. And there's a mutual meaning the photographer is contributing. We are contributing. We would love for you to participate so that we can make this a really successful event for the Red Cross in San Diego, whatever it might be. Yeah. But, But that really is something that companies are focused on these days. And mm-hmm. if you have an idea that can incorporate this corporate social responsibility, it's great. Meaning for me, it works perfectly. I don't leverage that a ton or didn't have to, but since I am a nonprofit, this is kind of baked in. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it has always been an afterthought <laughs> versus yeah. really something I've communicated up yeah. front. Yeah. So something that you have, uh, helped me elevate my thinking from this conversation is I've always had kind of a split mind of, well, there's personal photography, mm-hmm. which I love that's going to live in people's homes forever, connect them with grandma, help people when their babies are not babies anymore to still feel like they can pick up and cuddle that little you know, that little bundle of joy and yeah. make kids yeah. improve self-esteem, cut down on child abuse. Even I think great photography can do of people that people love people and pets in their mm-hmm. home. And then my mind has been like segmenting. And then there's the commercial world, which I am not until this conversation, uh, not drawn to. Because it feels like, oh, well, then my work, you know, if I'm photographing a product and it just ends up in a landfill or if I'm working for a magazine, (laughs) you know, my photography becomes, I'm saying it exaggerated, Mm -hmm. you know, so that people can hear. I don't really mean it, you know, I'm saying it puffed up, but I don't really mean it. But like my photography is lifetime treasures for people. But the photographs for corporations, you know, that that's just there to sell things like that's my um, I don't really believe that when I even hear myself say it, but that's been a thought in my mind. Does that make sense? It it does. And I think there is is certainly the genre. I don't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to know, does it make sense? So now what I'm seeing is there's ways to be working in commercial photography mm-hmm. with businesses that still satisfy my need to have what I do be significant in people's lives beyond. And, you know, I think it's great to help people sell their invention or their socks or their jewelry or something, 
Um, but this really satisfies my deeper need to have have significance uh, beyond the the money aspect of a business. So thank you for that. You've um, just sparked some even deeper thoughts yeah. about that. Especially Lucy, since you can basically take the same photography that you like and that you do and that you're very good at and just present it in a more company focused, I wouldn't even call it commercial, but company focused framework. And therefore you can leverage what you already do, but for businesses. Right. right. And I think commercial photography, yeah, for me, that's a completely different animal altogether that I don't think I do either. I just repurpose, I repackage something mm -hmm. that people otherwise would hang in their homes. Right. But I found a reason why businesses might want to have it in their environment. Right. But it's still getting money from a business. Uh, it's just doing it in this really warm, wonderful way with what you already love to do. So and do you know what's really cool? What's businesses really cool? have have walls that are way bigger than way bigger. Own. And they have budgets <laughs> that are way bigger. I was gonna mention that too, that that they have marketing budgets, they have decorator budgets, they have all kinds of uh, things that the average person buying photographic art may right. you know, may not. So yes, way bigger walls. Okay, <laughs> I have two questions for you before we yes. wrap up. So I know that uh, to learn more about uh, the global, inner, what's it called? Global Dog Art Gallery. Okay, that the globaldogart.com is where they can go and learn more. And then you've offered a gift to, yes. to the listeners. So what is that and how do they find that? So the gift is, is a free e-course that really walks individuals through understanding businesses because uh, as we probably crystallize in our conversation, knowing and understanding businesses is important, but then it also gives very specific templates and recommendations on who to reach out to, what to say, how to initiate the contact, and it includes a couple of case studies to really see what that can turn into. Um, my average sales has quadrupled since I started selling to businesses. Mm. simply because of the big walls and and meaning th that financial planner that I mentioned ended up with 27 pieces of wall art mm -hmm. which includes the employees mm -hmm. and, and so that was a single point of contact a single conversation so that course is really laying a very effective foundation it can be found at so my nonprofit is called k9 photo it's the letter k the number nine photo dot org so dot org mm -hmm. forward slash e course so the letter e and then course c r o u r s e okay and that's that, where that can be found yeah, that will be in the show notes um it, this is neither here nor there but are, have you started doing daily wordle do you know what wordle is no i don't think i do okay are you on facebook very much um yes yeah okay yeah. Mm -hmm. have you seen these little grids that people are posting with little dots and you're like i wonder what that is 
You're going to see it now that I've mentioned it. You're going to see it. So it's a (laughs) it's a word game where you have six tries to guess the five letter word of the day. Luckily, it's only one a day. And (laughs) so now I'm always on the lookout. Let's see the word course. Is that five letters or six letters? (laughs) It's it's six. Okay, no. (laughs) So anyway, hey, shout out to everybody doing Wordle. Um, It's like this cult. They're probably it's probably some evil scheme that we won't even know that we become like Wordle robots or something. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that, that certainly could be. I, it, I spend I spend quite a bit of time on Facebook, but quite honestly, in only in one application, only in one group. Well, a couple of groups actually. But I just set up a support group for the Global Dog Art Gallery. Oh, nice. So if your audience goes on Facebook and puts in Global Dog Art Gallery insiders. Um, that gets you to a private Facebook group that is open to everyone, doesn't cost anything. But what I basically do, I'll share my insights, my experience, my knowledge, answer questions, bring in experts to help very much focused only on one thing. And that is how to sell dog wall art to businesses. Ah, Okay, so that was a little little bonus connection. I'll have the link for that uh, available. So my last question is, is there either something that when we um, shut down our Zooms, you'd be like, oh, I wish I had uh, taught them about this or a parting thought? Like, what do you what do you want to be sure we take away? Yes. No, this is deep and and this is a a little bit beyond the dogs, but I would love to share that if that's okay with you. Mm Being, being an animal lover, um, while I'm starting out helping dogs, I started out with the photography. My focus is really broader than this. I'm looking at animals in general. Um, and I believe that the way we take advantage of animals by the way our food is sourced, by the way we live, um, is, is not sustainable over time. So my, 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 really question or or ask for the audiences think about the choices that you make actively think about the choices because there are billions of animals killed on our behalf in 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 labs for testing that is unnecessary and outdated and i think as long as we as the consuming population doesn't ask the right questions i don't believe that this will change Mm. Um, so yes, I'm focusing on dogs and by 2030, I want to save a million dogs, but this is really just the launching pad to create a more sustainable relationship with animals, okay. uh, including all animals, but mostly those that we take advantage of. And yeah. that's a lot of them. So you're leaving us with a happy thought, <laughs> 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 but no, I get what you're saying. And, you know, there was a movement um that goes back a ways and some people that are younger i don't i don't know your age but i'm guessing you might remember when the testing on animals uh whole movement to get companies to stop doing that and Mm -hmm. start and then when they don't and they put it in their packaging they put it in their advertising so you remember a time when that was not in the conversation right so, yes. yeah. so that yeah. conversation, asking those questions, as you said, uh, created that 
not tested on animals whole thing that is now a selling point uh, for yeah. products that I buy. Yeah. So and, and that's the power. It's the consumer that has now the power to tell companies what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what type of values they expect companies to have. This is also, by the way, aligned with the corporate social responsibility, yeah, because yeah. this is where companies have the opportunity to step up and say, this is what we're supporting. This is what's okay. This is what's not okay. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think we're at a time where this type of change is upon us. I think the pandemic, if there's anything positive that came out of it, it's that a lot of people had time to reflect, to, to really think about their choices, mm -hmm. uh, primarily to for work, but also how they interact with family and friends and animals. Mm -hmm. And I just would like for this, the animal piece to be part of that agenda for it. us to actively think about it because there's Thank so you. much we can still do. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so my darling listeners, please stay tuned for my wrap up. Um, and Michael, I just want to say, I'm so grateful that you said yes to be on the show. I understand now why you were so popular on hair of the dog podcast. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lucy, thank you so much for having me. And um, it was a pleasure sharing, discussing and, and hearing your perspective. And I hope that your audience will take something positive away and even more important, take action. I know they will. Thanks, Michael. Well, I just keep getting those big hits of great new people that um, I get to learn a lot, get inspired. And I hope that's happening for you as well. Just want to remind you that I have a Facebook page called the Profitable Photographer page. And every week there is a post. And also I have Instagram that posts uh, who my guests are and some show notes. So be sure to get into the, it's the profitable photographer underscore pod. I think um, you can find it. You'll find the link on Lucy Dumas coaching dot com lucy with an i so um if you connect with one or both of those you'll always know the awesome uh new recording from these fantastic brilliant big-hearted people that i get to spend an hour plus having a private conversation with and then love sharing with you so little quick thoughts from this he talked about how he's really good at connecting the dots, looking at the big picture and, but being able to see how things could intersect. And he had this happy occurrence where he was photographing dogs and he had a client and he mentioned dog art uh, as potential. And he ended up photographing all the employees for a business and decorating the business with art. And so we talked a lot about that and ideas for how, because photographs, art of dogs make people happy and kind of breaks the art, breaks the art, breaks the ice and can be conversation starters. So it creates a positive environment to have a photographic and probably painted if someone's listening that does paintings, 
um, art of dogs in businesses. So we talked a lot about that. He has a global dogart.com organization where you can potentially become one of the photographers on that and get commission or you can promote that and get commission and also a lot of it's a nonprofit. So he shared a lot about that. Um, we talked about some tips for photographing dogs and I love how similar it is to photographing kids is that you want to make a nice connection with the animal first. You want to let the dog be a dog, greet the dog before the parent, um, help them feel comfortable. What else? Uh, we talked about how um, companies have a need to have what's called social corporate responsibility. And so we can use our photographs to help support that in different ways. And so we talked about some ideas on that. And um, then he shared at the end about because of his love of animals, as I'm imagining you have that as well. I'm just assuming to ask yourself questions when you make choices about how to take better care of animals, how to support the world being kinder towards animals in this world. So that's it for now. Uh, stay in touch. If you want to have a quick chat, just let me know and we can set up a time to just talk about uh, whatever you might need support with. All right. Bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.